0: This
1: is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. My name is Germ, this is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Brad from Five Times August, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Hey, how's it going? i am doing really well i love your music i love what you're doing on twitter Uh, you're going after all the celebs it's great
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know it's uh it's become a hobby of mine (laughs) at this point because i think we're at a point now where we know enough we've known enough for a long time we're going three years into this thing and um we're seeing some people walk back and some people not walk back at all. But, I, you know, um, I think we're just at a crossroads now where you either got to, you know, an apology is in order. Right. And um, that's just the beginning of it. And and it's, uh, you know, it's just necessary because it's we've been through so much. My mm-hmm. biggest fear is that we move forward and just pretend like nothing happened. Like, I feel like there's this there's this there's this effort, right, to for for all these people to just sort of be like, okay, everything that we said didn't actually happen. Let's just start to walk away from it. And Mm -hmm. we're over here going like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about what just happened, because it got pretty ugly. And that's how I feel where I'm at, you know, on Twitter, calling out a lot of these celebrities, especially the ones that are doubling down on the big pharma agenda. Uh, At this current point, you know, to be at this point in this uh, journey that we've all been on uh, to see celebrities still partnering with Pfizer and and, like uh, like Pink, you know, like Pink, like Questlove, like Michael Phelps. um, Charlie Puth was another one who I didn't I don't even know who that guy is, but apparently he's pretty popular. But like uh, to see them and to still be pushing this poison on their audience i mean to me then the blood is on your hands after that you know we've we've given a lot of leeway of just like you really shouldn't be saying that you know you really shouldn't be uh pushing this thing you know think twice you know Mm -hmm. find out more information um you know dig a little deeper and we've been constantly sending this message like hold up no mandates, you know, let's think about it. Let's talk about this. Mm. And we, it's just been slammed in our face uh, for three years now, right? If you don't do this, then you're, you're killing people. If you don't do that, then you're responsible. So now we're shifting and it's turning into a different conversation on the other side, right? And it's, well, uh, it turns out that, you know, everything that you told us to do um, is wrong. And mm. an apology is in order if you're going to start backtracking. Right. I saw Ben Shapiro yesterday posted something even and he had called people dumb and they, he called people dopes for not getting it. And now he's you know, on the other side sort of walking back. But it's like you have to say the words, I'm sorry. You don't sit through an abusive relationship being told the worst things about you. You're killing people. Mm and and just get to move on from that you have to at least that's the beginning right you have to say you're sorry i'm sorry i said those things i really didn't mean it or or maybe you did mean it but you know Mm. you have to make that first effort it's not just like you get to open the door and walk through and be like yeah they were trying to mandate this on everybody and i was always against it it's like no you called people stupid you called people Mm. dumb you shamed and blamed them
1: you and I are both sitting here thinking how did Ben Shapiro and so many others get it so wrong and we didn't. And should we give them a sense of redemption? And I suppose the the correct answer is yes. People must be allowed mm-hmm. to redeem themselves. But then mm-hmm. it should he, there's something more than just saying I'm sorry. They've got to mean it.
2: Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Um, that's – That's what I'm keeping an eye out for is how they're approaching this next era of stuff. Um, You know, I like there there are different tiers. There's different levels, right? The average person, I want to forgive them. I want it because I know that most of them have just been duped. They've been going along with it. They just want to live their lives. You know, a lot of them got the shot just so they could keep their job, you know, and they had to make a tough decision. And there's also all all different layers who I'm holding accountable are the people in the media who had a large platform to sway people, right? To sway a big chunk. Uh, And uh, it's like, you know, like Pierce Morgan, for example, just lambasted the anti-vaxxers, right? Um, They've given us that label and which honestly at this point you know, it, I think that the anti-vax label is going to be something that people are just going to, if you haven't already, just embrace it. Um, because when you go down this rabbit hole, to me, the, the COVID-19 shot is the linchpin, right? It gets you to go. If, if you've reached the point where you go, oh, whoa, this is not good. Then you backtrack and you think, well, maybe it's, maybe it's all of the shots. And then you go what if it's the shots what about the rest of the medical establishment and then you go oh this is a medical establishment then you know the government's been pushing all this stuff well the government and you just keep you know you reverse engineer everything that you've been thinking and so to me i think that you know at the forefront of this you have a lot of people in the media who have been pushing this saying you know Uh, You're killing people if you're not getting it. You're going to die on a ventilator. All these terrible things that we've heard a a million times. Um, And it's just been three years. It's just time to uh, turn it around on them, right? Um, And just say, look, I want to forgive you. I really do, right? Like I want to – like we talked about this on your radio show the other day. Like I want to like Trump. I like Trump. But he keeps doubling down on this thing. He keeps saying he saved lives with it. He keeps saying it's a good thing, and it's not. But I, I'm like trying. I'm like, come on, man. And <laughs> I, I want to give that moment to everybody, right? Like, uh, like Pierce Morgan came out. He started backtracking all those mm-hmm. nasty things. I'm like, dude, when is your formal, uh, you know, statement, your apology for calling us all, you know, terrible, rotten things? Uh, and he blocked me on Twitter. And, and so that's what seems to be happening is like you, you give these people this opportunity, right? OK, if you're going to come on this side now and, and start waking up, that's great. But you have to acknowledge what you've done. You know, you don't just you don't just beat your spouse for three years and then one day say, you know, just pretend like it didn't happen or, or say, yeah, hitting your spouse is wrong. You know, you have to acknowledge what you've done. And that's where I think we're at in the conversation. And we're seeing more and more people, right, starting to feel more comfortable kind of easing out of where they were so gung ho on this Mm. on this shot. And I just am afraid that if, if that builds up too fast, too quick, then everybody just moves on. You know, and then it just cr- sets us all up for to go through it all over again much sooner. You know, in the next year or two, because we do have guys yeah. like Bill Gates, you know, saying, "Well, there is going to be another one."
1: I am at the same place where you are. Um, I am pretty much opposed now to every single vaccine, any any vaccine. There is a very obvious dichotomy, Brad, between the establishment and the rest of us. Have you noticed? Mm. Hmm. and the media fall into that establishment always mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah I mean it's uh, you know you start to pick up on these things every every single thing every step of the way through this the, like the last three years when the, I started noticing a pattern of uh, every time they told you to wear a mask they're never wearing the mask every time they're stressing it the general public you gotta wear it uh it's important uh they either weren't wearing it when they said that or they're caught a little later out in public somewhere you know mm. there's this whole other set of rules there and um yeah just the rest There's then there's the rest of us and we've got to obey and that's that's the other side of this coin is the pushback it's not just you know, we've allowed it to happen for so long. So now, you know, the COVID era, much like I said, the, the the COVID shot is the linchpin that makes you sort of reverse engineer all this. But the COVID era in general is creating mm. this, this uh, realization that we've let just the government dictate and control us for so long. When you look at how, um, how, how stuck we are right when a situation like this comes along and all of a sudden we're having trouble getting food or paying for food or we don't want to put this thing in our body but we have to to keep our job it it makes you realize how stuck into this system that we are and i've spent a lot of time thinking about that like geez we really got this whole thing wrong we just keep going along to go along right and no one's stopping to go well wait let's look back and see what did work and what didn't work over the last I don't know 100 years let's just take 100 years let's just go back you know I was thinking about this with um with uh food in general recently I was thinking about the the uh, when um, TV dinners came into play, and all of a sudden we gave up this convenience, or, or gave up gave up the 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 uh, gave up cooking for the idea of just nuking up our food in a microwave for a few minutes instead of spending all day creating a meal. Now you can toss it in the microwave and nuke it, and then it's ready in three minutes, right? And what we've sacrificed since then, right? When did TV dinners come around? The nineteen fifties, right? We never looked back. And now we're having all these issues with our food, and we've built upon that scenario, right? Mm. We've never looked back and been like, you know, yeah, it's convenient to heat up our food like that, but geez, what kind of food are we heating up? and putting in our body and what happens to that food when we yes. radiate it and you know like and we just yeah. keep moving forward and moving forward and now and then we've got fast food on top of that and fast foods convenience you can drive through but we're not stopping going like oh geez none of us know how to grow our own food you yeah. know oh no nobody knows how to cook anymore we're stuck with hamburgers and pizza for the rest of our life But nobody knows how to cook anything original at home right it's getting rarer and rarer and um we keep sacrificing these things oh it's great we've all got a computer in our pocket and we can send messages to each other but handwriting is going out the door so like all these things stack up and up and up on top of each other and this to me is the um the culmination of that moment we're we we're now in this in this spot in the COVID era of uh how much are we willing to give up for convenience to go along, to get along before we stop and go, Ooh, we're, on, we're really on the wrong track?
1: But are you actually walking the talk in some aspects? I mean, I, I'm asking mm-hmm. that because, because a lot of us are consumers of truth, but not livers mm-hmm. of it.
2: Right. Yeah. And like, so, you know, it's a, it's a journey. It's mm. – a, a, and you have to start making the steps you know, once you're aware of it, you know it's a very hard system get to get out of. Right, our our um, pattern of life is built around all of these conveniences. We live in a very fast age. We have, you know, we're not in horse and buggy writing letters, and you know it takes you know two weeks to get a respond from your loved one across the country. We have all these conveniences now. Um, And so once you're aware of it, you start making those steps. Am I walking the walk? I try to the best I can. I'm not saying I, you know, uh, don't give in to modern convenience a lot. You know, I I you just sort of have to at the pace that everything's going. But I think collectively we have to, you know, we're starting to to be aware of it. Right. There's a Mm. lot of people looking at. Um, land now everybody sort of wants land in their own garden now and we're sort of like regressing because we're mm. technology has moved so fast that i think there's there's a social consciousness of um, you know maybe it's subconsciousness of of this is moving too fast and maybe we do need to take a step back right we we naturally a lot of us are naturally going like you know, I'd like to know how to grow my own food. We should really learn that, you know? And, and so, you know, I'm taking my steps. I've got my gardens in my yard and mm. my, my beds, in my raised beds in the yard. And, um, we're working towards that, right. That independence. And we're thinking about what do we want to teach our kids? You know, um, you know, even little things like how to sew a button on a shirt are, are getting lost in, in this transition of things and things mm. and, and, So it's just moving very fast. So maybe this is a long, scattered response to what you originally asked, but these are the things that go on in my brain all day because I'm like, we've got to stop people and and think about Mm. where we're going. I'm not going past, you know, as far as technology, I'm not going past the phone and the desktop computer. The moment these glasses, these Oculus glasses and living in a 3D environment takes hold, Mm. I'm going to find my farm, right? that's yep. what i'm working towards when the world goes that way i'm going this way i don't want any part of that you know it's like an exercise you know it's like if you want to get yourself in this shape right it's you you have to start making little habits to get yourself in shape you know you have to start making the effort first maybe it's just a matter of getting up out of bed you know, once a week to go take a walk, right? And maybe you miss a week or two here and there, but you keep getting at it. And then at some point you get motivated enough to go, okay, I'm going to start jogging twice a week, right? And then you get a little bit better. And it's the same thing, right? You take these little steps. Like we bought a um, a hydroponic garden uh, a few uh, a year ago or so to start growing stuff inside as well as outside. And like just little things, you know, um, as far as like what, just, just being conscious of what food we're putting in our body, we're not buying chemical laced food as much anymore. You know, it's really hard to avoid that, but you, you sort of learn to start shopping the perimeter of the store rather than the central inside of the store where all the packaged stuff is, yeah. the out, the, the perimeter of the store is where your meats and your vegetables and everything is, is, and, and you don't find yourself in the middle as much and so it's just knowing things like that. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then as far as like the medical, you know, path with things, um, you know, that's a whole other rabbit hole, but we've learned, you know, my son, my oldest son was injured by his early childhood shots 10 years ago. So we've been down this road for a long time. And, um, we've had other instances that have just caused some distrust in the medical, uh, world. And and uh, so we're very conscious and do a lot of research on who we do talk to, who our doctors are, and uh, what they know and what they're aware of, and whether or not they're just sort of feeding you what they're told to give you, you know, the lines are sort of told to give you a lot of doctors get kickbacks on on things mm. just for recommending, you know, and you have to be aware of that. So all these things add up, you have to be aware of it, you have to do your best with what you know. And continue to educate yourself and and you'll trip up plenty of times but like you said like i said it's a journey you know to me the point Mm -hmm. of life is 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 you start off and by the end of it hopefully you've you know figured out some you know how to make a good life for yourself and then pass it on that knowledge on to your kids and then they make it better right we're in a downward spiral that's the that's the complete opposite of that right what the mainstream is saying is you know be yourself kids but also change every single thing about you if you don't like it irreversibly change so i'm going down so many different <laughs> different pathways right now in my brain but
1: everything literally everything they told us in 2020 goes mm-hmm. against the very nature of being
2: right Yeah. And then you see articles now coming out where they they're telling you, you know, yeah, uh, it turns out and they're telling you this really dumb, obvious stuff. It turns out uh, diet and exercise and good rest are very beneficial for you and, you know, will, you know, help extend your life. And you're like, then why did you tell us to stay inside, you know, for a whole year of our life? But the great thing is, you know, I look back and I didn't sacrifice one hug. You know, the entire pandemic era. And um, so many people did. And I hope that they wake up to that, you know, and and that should really anger a lot of people. You know, that's the frustrating thing to, to watch is that, you know, the more we find out, the more we know, the deeper we've gotten. When you're looking at somebody else that's on the other side that stayed inside for a year and and got caught up in all that fear. And you're like, Mm. aren't you mad that you've made it this far? And, you know, are you even aware that they've told you none of that made a difference, you know, you, you ousted family and friends, right. And told them that you're, you're not allowed to, they're not allowed to be around you anymore. Well, it turns out that you were, you were spreading this thing just as much as they were. Right. Um, It didn't make a difference is the point. And so that should anger you, you know, but there are just so many levels to the knowledge that we're, that we're at. Um, You know, if, if I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends that just, they don't know what I'm involved in. They don't know what I'm speaking about in my music. And um, it's, they just, you know, they go to work every day and they, they go along to get along, like I was talking about. Um, And they're just so, uh far away from this conversation that it you know it really takes a lot to to crack that nut for some people so you know i worry about that is just uh people not ever waking up to it we saw that news anchor on the news the other day who yeah. who had uh what was it myocarditis and she's sitting there saying it was from this you know common <laughs> yes. cold and it's amazing. They'll take it to the grave.
1: Because you're a musician, one of the things that ha- struck me right from early on is the absolute absence of true rock and roll. Overwhelming number of bands who I respected and I thought were the, were the guys who were going to flip the bird and give it to the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did they do? They became American idiots who raged for the machine right
2: yeah uh i'd say 99.99 percent. you know we really only got eric clapton and van morrison out of the mainstream you know classic living legend sort of genre of of artists to to say something you know and eric only said something because he was injured by it You know, I often think about that with I I defend the vaccine injured a lot because I think that their stories are so important. They need to be thrusted to the forefront of the conversation, because once it becomes undeniable for the rest of the people, then then the sweater unravels in their brain. Right. And once they have to see something emotionally to connect with. But I often think like, gosh, it's, it's a shame because. Those that are injured, you know, I, I wonder, you know, would they have been somebody who shamed and blamed me had they not been affected so terribly? And, um, you know, I I commend Eric Clapton 100%. I appreciate the songs he put out with Van Morrison and everything, and um, I still respect him so much for, for doing that. Um, but it's just a shame that it took that for him to speak out, you know. Um, for him to realize, you know, my hands hurt. I can't play the guitar. I'm, I've am i got to tell people about this. And then the other side of that is is how pathetic it is for Rolling Stone magazine to slander him after that and, um, you know, label him a racist and a conspiracy theor- theorist. You know, it wasn't just enough that he spoke out against the, the vax. And, you know, they, they do these things, the media, where they... Um, they take the story and then they put a little bit, of uh, icing on top just so you're a little more distracted by it. Right. So Eric Clapton gets hurt by the vaccine. He speaks out about it. Well, we can't have that. So we're going to label him a conspiracy theorist, but on top of that, we're going to trudge up some stories from 50 years ago and label him a racist as well. So you also have the word racist swimming around in your brain, um, But it's just so pathetic to watch this conversation play out the way it is because the media continues to to do stupid stuff like that. Um, But, yeah, as far as rock and roll goes, it's tossed out the window. The rock and roll that I grew up with, um, that I thought was real, that I thought I'd never really be a rock and roller. um, it, It didn't mean anything. You know, that's the thing. I've got records behind me here. I've got a big wall of CDs over there. I've still got cassette tapes. I love music. It's my life. It's what I do when I'm not making music. I listen to music. I go to record stores. So to, to, you know, go through 2020, 2021, 2022, now into 2023 and be like, oh, my gosh, all my heroes were fakes. None of them showed up. You know, m- literally none of them you know, I have new heroes in music now. Yeah, it's all the too. independent artists that spoke up. you know it's guys like the Freds and it's guys like uh Matt Hoy and it's guys like uh my buddy Joseph Arthur. Those are my heroes now and and on top of that, my hero- the rock stars are the doctors that I've met, and um those are the real rock stars that went against the establishment to speak truth to power and um but but the classic, you know, traditional <laughs> rock and roller um, is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Not since the not since Chuck Berry came on the scene uh, has there been a more important time to to be rock and roll than right now. And none of them showed up. And if they did, they're collecting checks for big pharma and they're pushing the narrative rather than speaking out against it.
1: Basically, they all became rock and roll overs. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> exactly.
2: What we really need uh the community to really get behind the the artists that are speaking out. I saw a segment with Candice Owens the other day calling out Sam Smith's latest video, which is really I don't know if you it. it's it's awful, it's, right? It's it's disgusting, it's er, right? It's borderline pornography. It's erotica. It's nasty and it's it's fully monetized right it's fully monetized with millions of views now so anybody can watch it there's no age restriction on it my videos uh i've got an 18 and up flagged video jesus what happened to you to us the original <laughs> upload was flagged to be 18 years and up um the uh, four videos demonetized you know The my videos are speaking about you know freedom from tyranny and, and all this other stuff Um, but she did this segment and she's calling out Sam Smith and she's like, yeah, it's gross and it's disgusting, but there was no, there was no, uh, solution there, right? There wasn't anything to counter Sam Smith's video. And that's what I feel like this side of the aisle sort of needs to, uh, start really focusing on, right? We can focus on the craziness all the time in art and culture. There's plenty of it to pull from Here's Sam Smith's video. Isn't it terrible? you they should she should have paired that with um you know have you but also on the other side of that there's artists like tom mcdonald's there's artists like five times august you should check them out right she has this platform to say that i was just thinking about that the other day like there's there's a lot of complaining but there's no solutions Mm. and um i feel like uh that's that's sort of my goal going into 2023 uh where we're at right like okay none of my rock and roll heroes are showing up to this battle I'm, I'm charging in and I'm going to start finding some solutions to help people. Right. And, and, uh, to get this conversation pushing forward. So I'm going to, you know, number one, I'll start, start calling them out publicly Mm. to see if I can get a reaction out of them, because I feel like if you can get a reaction out of them at some point, um, that's a big deal. You know, if you could get, when I was calling out, uh, Pink, right? For partnering with Pfizer, um, and then all of the um, Project Veritas stories came out about Pfizer and and uh, what they were doing. I went back to 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 try to spice up that conversation again and said, "Pink, are you okay with partnering with a company like this, who's literally designing viruses to sell you a shot?" Right? And uh, you know, I'm not going to get a response out of her, but the idea because she blocked me. But the idea is if you could get pink to respond to something like that and say i had no idea pharma you know pfizer was doing this i need to give back my money that they gave me or something if you can push them at some point to cross that line and keep hammering that pressure on um that changes the conversation because so many people that follow them need to hear somebody like that say that right um it's like biden the other day announcing the end to COVID is on may 11th so many people needed a date right that they're just following along but the other side of that uh, as far as solutions is like uh i'm i'm planning to do some um benefits you know some benefit concerts whether online or uh in person to sort of pick small goals i can't raise an enormous amount of money But i would like to help the injured right who are being ignored and and uh do some uh fundraiser uh streams to help you know somebody pay their bills or somebody you know get the treatment that they need um which also helps bring that conversation forward as as well so i think just we have to start getting our heads around solutions and um i think the way to do that is through art and culture which just isn't being uh capitalized on enough on this this side of the the conversation um because there, there are there get... are us there 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 is a small group right mm. and you know there will be more to follow if if we sort of you know lift up this group that's out there that has been vocal hi-riz
1: i think he's yeah. great
2: great guy yeah and he, he's you know he was speaking out before i was even on the scene him and jimmy levy uh mm. i've met both of them they're great guys and they're doing stuff to push the conversation forward. uh hi latest video two plus two equals five is great um saw that. because he's going to trigger people right and it's got malone and some other guys yeah it's got jp sears in it and um when you when you trigger people to talk about it that's what they do to us all the time that's why we're all talking about sam smith's video they knew we yeah. would be talking about it and then it drives views and they just you know they don't care what what they're saying they just want their views on their video and so we have to sort of i think start finding those artists and really help push that kind of content forward anybody that's pushing it right i think Hi rez and tom uh are are doing it the best you've got bryson gray doing it a lot of the time he's
1: good he's very good yeah
2: they're they're very talented guys and it's not just what they're saying it's the quality of the the content that they're making too it's Mm. mainstream content it's just that the 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 message isn't mainstream but we can make it mainstream if we nurture it and and help push it out there more than we have been in the last two years
1: your music um is particularly good i told you this a week ago that traditionally i've never been into sort of indie folk um that kind of genre now when i listen to your stuff i love it right I've, i actually have your your album um awesome. uh, silent war and what what i picked up on immediately um is your lyrics now did you write your lyrics specifically to get past YouTube's algorithms, for example, because I forget which song it is, but you mentioned uh, Bill and and a few others, but you only mentioned their first names. And I'm wondering if that's deliberate.
2: Yeah, it is. It's not specifically for um, to get past any censorship because they censor me anyway. Um, once a video takes off, then it, you know, gets past a certain amount of views. I, I know that at this point. Um, but as an artist, I sort of looked at it as I, I think about several things when I'm writing these songs. I think about uh, number one, you know, what what do I want to say right now in in a way that can cross over and connect with somebody listening in, right? um when you, i i want you to ask questions right uh mark jack bill joe they'll tell you what you need to know right yes that's who's the mark one. yeah who's mark jack bill and joe well i want you to ask those questions if you don't know because then you you start to dig a little deeper right
1: wait 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 i can tell you you're talking about the zuck you're talking about the ceo of twitter former ceo of twitter uh mm-hmm. uh, uh but obviously gates and uh, did you did you say joe you're talking about biden yeah
2: right so and it's crazy too because since i wrote that song jack's no longer at twitter and you know well
1: joe isn't there either i mean you know you, you know right. what i mean he's not yeah. actually there right. <laughs> right he's not actually there
2: either um but also i think about like how these songs will be interpreted um you know a decade from now too and when you make them you know, I want them to be timely, but I also want them to be timeless at the same time. It's a it's a balance between that. But also, yeah, as an artist, you think like uh, I was testing that a lot early on with, you know, every time I wrote a song, I thought, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. And, and little things would happen. But it wasn't until I put out Sad Little Man and I directly called out Fauci in the video. Um, that was an example where. If you listen to the song, I don't say Fauci and I don't say vaccines and I don't mention any of that stuff directly. It's not until you watch the video that you're like, hey, there's Fauci dressed up as a snake oil salesman and he's going around, you know, killing people with this jab. But even the video in and of itself is art. Right. And the video doesn't say COVID. It doesn't say You know, C nineteen jabs. It doesn't say that specifically, so it's all up to interpretation. So that was my true test of like, okay, let's see what YouTube does with this, right? Let's be an artist, and you know, you you do, you have some songs out there that are a little bit more kitschy, right? And and that get passed around as viral, and it might be something like Fauci's a murderer," you know, it might be like a little more direct. I don't try. I don't want to do that, and so because that's art. It was. Was yeah 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 so yeah. so to put up that video and, and then see them actually they've labeled that video medical misinformation and you can't <laughs> you can't point to medical you can't point to anything that is medical misinformation in there a, a couple of the other videos that I have um, fight for you and I will not be leaving quietly which is just uh, protest footage and. Uh, because of the signs that they're holding, you know, they, they get flagged of, of just these moments in time of people on the streets because of what they're holding on their signs. Uh, YouTube will flag it. And that's insane that uh, you can't even show just what's happening in the world without these authoritarian geeks on the other side saying you can't show that, or they're interpreting art for you. That's sort of the point that I I was getting at with Sad Little Man was you now have the authoritarians not just dictating what information you get. You know, you can argue with the doctors and you can say, this is medical misinformation when this doctor says that. But once there's a melody behind it, once there's a graphic image, it's art, right? And now they're interpreting the art for the public and saying, well, that can't be there. You can't see that. You know, mm. imagine that, like being in a museum or something like that, looking at pictures on the wall and somebody coming up and standing in front of you while you're trying to look at it, being like, you can't look at that. You know, you're not allowed to see <laughs> what's on that picture. That's what they're doing. And that's absurd to me. Um, but, yeah, they, they flagged uh, those, those other videos, the protest footage videos, as hateful uh and uh harmful i think harmful uh it's hard to keep up with all of the flags that they've given me but harmful to some because i might encourage somebody to not get this shot and hateful for whatever reason but i call them all out on twitter anyway and um i just i think that transparency is important because somebody might you know i do i do still have fans that follow that disagree with what i say but i want them to see what i'm going through because if they were following me pre-covid era they should have known what i'm about they should have known the lay of the land was pretty clean cut just saying pop love songs never caused any trouble but now i'm this guy speaking out for what's what's important to me speaking up for my kids and whether you agree with it or not I hope that they can see that there's censorship happening, that I've gotten myself in trouble just for doing what I think is right, and that uh, there's a whole level of ridiculousness that's, um, you know, that that you can witness over the last couple of years. Being slandered, having Wikipedia remove my page, all these things add up to where I hope, at some point, if you were. If you're on the outskirts looking in and you've been following me for a while, you can go like, yeah, I mean, that doesn't make sense. You know, if you can cross that Mm -hmm. line with people and be like, yeah, that's crazy that they would delete your page. You know, I I still I guess that's the optimistic side. Did (laughs) did,
1: did, Did Wikipedia remove your page?
2: Yeah, 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 they did. So I had a five times August page on Wikipedia for, I would say, I don't know probably 15 years or something like that it was up there somebody made it a long time ago <laughs> and this was like soon after sad little man came out was uh they removed the page somebody wrote, wrote me a fan and said hey i don't know if you know this but your wikipedia page is up for deletion and uh i was like <laughs> what really <laughs> yeah so they removed it so you know that's just what they do they'd rather remove you from the conversation than acknowledge you that way if so, you know and also as dumb as Wikipedia is as a way to source things, it's a validation in the world right now where if somebody can't find you on Wikipedia, then you're nobody. So when I have trolls sort of attack me on Twitter, if they're like, you don't even have a Wikipedia page, that's a, a go-to talking point for them. And it's like, well, I did, you know, but Wikipedia deleted it and, and that's oh, just man. what they do. I,
1: I'm so jealous. Because my Wikipedia page is still up, so I need to work harder at getting it removed. You have have inspired me, Brad.
2: (laughs) You're not pushing enough buttons. It was funny (laughs) because what happened was I I, I heard about this, that it was up for deletion. I thought nobody's going to update it. Nobody cares enough to go and update the five times August page on Wikipedia. I'll update it myself maybe that's the problem here right is that it just hasn't been updated in a while or something so i went in and i updated it with a few things and i found myself in arguments with uh the gatekeepers on the other side where i'd post something and they would immediately remove it and i'm like who who knows this topic better than i do right and eventually i think that that sort of pushed them to delete it faster than uh than later but um it was a funny back and forth because you realize like This is not just for me. This goes across the board. We have these gatekeepers on the other sides of these platforms making decisions on things that they know absolutely nothing (laughs) about. Telling me what I've done in my career, right? Yes. You don't have a good source for that. Yes, I do. You know, uh, that was one of the arguments that I had was um, I was – One of the first artists on kickstarter for crowdfunding an album right and this was back in 2009 and um uh i raised twenty thousand dollars in in one month which was a lot back then now the people raise millions of dollars on kickstarter and crowdfund all sorts of things but um that was the first time that had happened and i tried to cite this um on wikipedia and they told me i uh I needed a source for it. And so I went back to Kickstarter's blogs where they had a whole blog celebrating firsts for their website, first accomplishments. And sure, sure enough, my link was still on there. First artist, you know, first $20,000 goal. So I cite that on Wikipedia. They tell me that's not a valid a valid source. I'm like, it's from Kickstarter, right? So uh, so you you find yourself in these ridiculous conversations, but...
1: So um, a few years ago, I decided to do what you did. I I went to update my own Wikipedia page, and as you just said, they immediately removed all the updates that I added, and then I was suspended. I wasn't. I was blocked. They they stopped Mm. me from editing the page, and then the message that came up (laughs) said that I was vandalizing the page. (laughs) (laughs) You're
2: vandalizing your own home. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, what I did was I uh, I tried to make a section on my Wikipedia page after a few attempts that was actually titled uh, Wikipedia Deletes Page. I was just mocking them at that point <laughs> and wrote a little <laughs> paragraph and said in, in 2021, Wikipedia deleted five times August. <laughs> and
1: if they had left that up, there would have been a singularity. <laughs> oh, right. That would have been so
2: great. Do you um, want me oh- to play a song right now or? Um, I'll play, uh, I'll play Jesus, What Happened to Us. I'll enjoy playing that.
3: Shut your mouth, get in line. Just behave or pay the fine. They're pulling on your backbone and taking out your spine. They want you weak, don't speak. Don't question, don't think, keep staring at your smartphone, get dumber every week. Now give up your freedom and shush, oh Jesus, what happened to us? Leave the church, kill your faith, judge the skin and learn to hate. Make yourself the enemy, but call yourself a saint. Learn the rules, be a fool. Remove your kid from school and apologize for everything. Apologize for you. Now give the TV all of your trust. Oh Jesus, what happened to us? Mark, Jack, Bill, Joe, they'll tell you what you need to know. They'll give you your permissions and tell you where to go. Lights, camera, action, edit. We're so pathetic. You believe it cause you watched it. You believe it cause they said it. Now everybody stay home and rust. Oh Jesus, what happened to us? to stand and fight. We had a voice all right. We had a life worth living. We had a damn worth giving. Never watching it fall. That's the truth of it all. So shut your mouth, get in line, just behave or pay the fine. They're pulling on your back boning, taking out your spine, they want you weak. Don't speak, don't question, don't think. Keep staring at your smartphone, get dumber every week. Don't nobody put up a fuss, oh Jesus, what happened to us? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, what happened to us? Oh,
1: what a beautiful song. So I'm glad you chose that one because that's my favorite. Actually, awesome. actually, there's a close, close rival. It's your Tom Petty cover. And I love that you're yeah. using a capper. On I
2: first use th- the ca- yeah, I use that a lot. On I've used that my whole career. It just keeps things... Uh, I use a lot of the same basic chords, but it just sort of you know keeps it, keeps it a little different. But I've, I've really enjoyed using like, – I like using basic chords and things, not getting too fancy, because I like the idea of um, other guitar players being able to pick up on this stuff and bringing mm. these songs to rallies and stuff. I grew up listening to a lot of music from the 50s and 60s. My fifth grade uh, teacher used to play oldies radio, in the class which really opened up my brain to a lot of older music while kids were listening to nirvana and grunge music i was listening to um you know just a lot of those old old tunes um but i i grew up you know a lot of songwriters too i always like just the songwriter billy joel right like if you look at his catalog and you see the songwriting credits it's just joel and i always like appreciated that or like lynn and mccartney it was always just you know those guys whereas nowadays you know you have all these songs that are written by 15 people but um that was always inspiring to me um so yeah and i always liked entertainers that were like the the best at what they did i I loved michael jackson growing up yeah um who just was just and and also like you don't get those songs anymore man in the mirror and heal the world and songs that really like you look back and people would like sort of dog on them right and be like heal the world was corny but it's like well we needed it and we should have listened to it a little bit more because look at where we're at now right um so I always sort of like those those sort of songs like um, the sort of hokey, cheesy ones that uh, artists got flack for. There's a song called Ebony and Ivory by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. And, um, you know, it's a big hit, uh, but it was also, you know, got a lot of flack for being AM radio uh, cheese cheesiness. But it's also like those are the messages that got overlooked, right? that we you know we're still dealing with those issues now on on a whole other scale because they've leaned into their agenda dividing the country by race and and things like that if we had listened and maybe appreciated those messages more um yeah that would be a good thing but yeah a lot of my influences were i would say so much between the 50s and the 90s i really stopped listening to new music about the early 2000s, not not very much of it interested me anymore, but um, that was sort of the last great era of songwriters, too, in the early 2000s. I think you had like John Mayer and guys like David Gray yeah. um, was a real big influence on me back then. Um, so mm-hmm. across the board, I mean, I, I listen to so much, but uh, <laughs> these days, you know, it's it's just all that same
1: sort of it's so empty today isn't it
2: yeah that's sort of something that encouraged me to lean into just being a guy with acoustic guitar for this batch of songs I mean I've gone through and made records where I've created a polished studio album with full band but most of the songs on the new record are just me and guitar and I perform them in like and takes where I didn't just record guitar and then vocals. I performed them until I got the take, which was a really traditional way of recording. It's how a lot of my favorite artists used to record back in the day. Now everything's so compartmentalized. You do the drums and then the bass, and then you stack it all on top of each other. But I felt like music right now is just, it is so empty and it doesn't say anything. And there's this polish to it that is just, we've, We've uh, over-commercialized the fakeness and the, the processed music that I felt like, you know, I'm just going to record songs, like, you know, and give people something honest that is a real moment in time. I feel like like that's what's missing, right? When I listen mm-hmm. to my favorite music, all those f- songs from the 50s and 60s, those were moments in time recording, a band recording in a studio together, you know, um, that. That doesn't happen much these days, particularly with mainstream radio. And you listen to that. It's just a lot of it. Every now and then I tune into to the radio and I'm like, what's mm. going on? And I, I listen for a minute or two and I'm like, oh. Because it's just – most of it's just sex music because you can't even fall in love with a boy anymore. You can't fall in love with a girl anymore, right? There's yes. no love songs. It's just – it's just sex music with the beat behind it, and, and it's nasty. And auto tune, and, and, and auto tune. So it it's pleasing to the ear, but the mess, right? Like a lot of like, if it's got a hook, most. If you ask the common person, what kind of music do you like, they'll be like. Oh, I mean, I like anything, and um, you know, as long as it's got a good beat to it, well, they know this, and so they give you a good beat, and then they give you auto tune vocals, but the the substance of the song is degenerate music, and uh it's it's rotting your brain as, as what comp- you You're right. Yeah. And that, that's happened for so long. You know, you go back and listen to some songs too, that like maybe they were presented in a little more artistic way or more clever way. But you, you know, that's, that's happened in the, for the history of music. But like these days it is getting a little more, a lot more blatant, you know, where if you listen to Cardi B's WAP, you know exactly what she's talking about. And so, it's terrible you know, but still people will go along and sing it. And, um, And, and, you know, it just that's something that uh, I think, you know, people don't realize everything that we put into our brain is programming us, whether it's just a song that we like because of the beat. uh, It's still programming us. Those messages, the lyrics of that stuff um, is still programming us. It's the same as as garbage TV, whatever you're watching and consuming on TV is programming you. So you better make it something good. It's like watering a plant, right? It's going on your into your brain and you're processing it. So the more you feed that, and and we're our generation's guilty just as much. We grew up with Beavis and Butthead of all things, you know? And it's still funny to look back and laugh on it. But if, and South Park. imagine and South Park, right? And so, you know, it was it was funny at the time and they pushed it, but it looked like a lot of those, those things. Like I saw a clip of uh from Family Guy the other day I posted where they yeah, they were edgy and cool and funny, but they ended up doing a big pharma propaganda uh yeah. episode about with Peter getting the the shot and Stewie and uh Brian go inside his body and do this basically an educational film to dupe the masses who are still like <laughs> family guy, right? <laughs> and so um yeah, I I just wish, you know, I wish more people were aware of that because there's so there is a lot of good music still underneath a lot of the mainstream crap that's that's pushed but forward.
1: There's actually a meta conversation going on here because when you say music, you can actually expand that to entertainment. I mean, I don't know right. if kids should be watching Cartoon Network today, right. for example.
2: Yeah. No, and, and you go back and you think about like 80s, 90s kids. Like we were at the forefront of all that, right? Yes. We shouldn't have been watching a lot of what we watched growing up. You know, but it was there on TV and uh, our parents allowed it or a lot of parents did. You know, Uh, I go back like I was watching uh, an old Ren and Stimpy cartoon from Nickelodeon, you know, and that was edgy stuff at the at the time. And it's and you look back at it now and you're like, I was watching this at nine, 10, 11 years old. Um, Little innuendos of things, weird moments in the cartoon where you're like. Oh, that was on a kid's channel, but things that what you were
1: watching. Sorry,
2: sure, sure, yeah. I mean, I was watching Nickelodeon, I was watching MTV, I was watching Cartoon Network stuff, Comedy Central, South Park, anything from that era. But you Mm. look back on it now, especially as a parent in this era of stuff, and you're just sort of like, you know, it's still funny, but you're you're Mm. going like, what are we? Why are we consuming? a lot of this right it's kind of like it's like a candy bar right it's like if that's all you eat is candy then your body's going to feel like crap if if all you consume as a child are these cartoons that are you know uh teaching you just to be a degenerate then that's what you're going to become um and we also you know i can't say i didn't go through that phase where you know so I don't know. I, I just think that it's a it's a consciousness of, of things, and we have to oh. sort of turn entertainment around. The thing too is is what did we trade for that? Right, there was a lot of uproar in the '90s about violent cartoons, and uh, and and that was a major conversation that I think you know we took out. Ridiculous scenarios that would never happen in life, mm. like pianos and dropping and, and tea, <laughs> crates of TNT tea tea exploding. <laughs> and, and like we, we took out that, but we replaced it with, uh, you know, I don't know. For lack of a better well, example, like Beavis and Butthead, right? With two two guys sitting on a couch just going, Ugh. that's cool. Yeah, but right? l- look
1: at what's <laughs> look at what's going on now. I saw a cartoon yeah. on Cartoon Network recently where the two female characters were kissing. Yeah. In my right. in my opinion, that's completely inappropriate.
2: Yeah. And yeah, and you see a lot of that in cartoons now. So we've traded all that stuff to get to this point, right? And a lot of this stuff is put in those cartoons. N- not even to enhance the story it's just there it's just there to tell you that this is what you need to see and accept mm-hmm. in your life right that's my problem with woke entertainment in general is that all of this stuff is put in there just so it's there it doesn't have anything to do with the, the actual story or the content that's why so many disney movies are suffering right that's why like you know you you have these eye roll moments with like uh one of the latest Star Wars films where at the end they had like two girls kissing with during a celebratory moment and you're just sort of like what what's the point you know just so people go oh yeah you know <laughs> like it's it's there for no reason and um other than to to program you know other than to program kids that are watching it so you have to be very conscious of that and and even on youtube kids you know they pretend like they're moderating this stuff for children but it's all still there it's it's just presented in a different light let's see here let me see if i can tune it up here uh
3: Well I won't back down No I won't back down You can stand me up at the gates of hell But I won't back down I will stand my ground Won't be turned around And I'll keep this world from dragging me down Gonna stand my ground And I won't back down Hey, baby There ain't no easy way out Hey, I I, Stand my ground and I won't back down. Well, I know what's right and I got one life in a world that keeps on pushing us around. Gonna stand our ground and I won't back down. easy way out Hey I stand my ground and I won't back down and we won't back down No we won't back down.
1: Wow that is such a great cover and it's such a pity that he's not with us.
2: <laughs> you know what's uh, a pity about that is, I w- I had been playing that song, and uh, you know I've got that video on YouTube, and Carrie Lake had used the song for her campaign, and the Petty, the the Tom Petty, um uh, uh, Tom Petty, what do you call it? Uh, his his people, that are in charge of his estate, his Tom Petty estate, said that she was misappropriating the song and wasn't allowed to use it. And I was thinking that's such a shame that rock and roll. And how do you misappropriate a song, right? Is is Carrie Lake not allowed to back down, right? Like did she use the song the, the wrong way? And and then you have to ask yourself, would Tom Petty have allowed it? Would Tom Petty have said, "Ah, it's cool," you know?
1: Mm-hmm. What amazes me is how high up on the neck that capo is. I think it's on the on the seventh that, fret.
2: yeah, I put it up there pretty high the the version that is on uh YouTube was on electric guitar, and it's it's kind of got more floaty notes to it, but um it's so yeah, I told high you I use the, it
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's so it's so high up on the neck that you might as well mm-hmm. use this
2: <laughs> ukulele right <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you should you should be doing that song then on ukulele if the capitestra is so high up the neck. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, you said it would be funny if my uh, if the headstock was right here. But this is actually a really great little guitar. Uh, what is it's it? Gretsch. It's called a Gretch. Oh Gen wow, Gretch. And it's uh, it's only like a hundred eighty dollar guitar. I bought it for my son a few years ago, and um, I've got much more expensive, nicer guitars. But the funny thing is. This guitar has pulled out all of these songs out of me over the last couple of years. I wrote them all on this little guy. And so I really, I thought that was really great that, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the, it's not in the price. It's not in the wood. It's just all together. You know, it's, it's something about it has pulled a lot of these songs out of me. It's, it's a great little, little guitar.
1: But Brad, do you own a ukulele? This is a very important question.
2: I have two ukuleles. Yeah. Yeah. They, are, they, are, they
1: the, are they the small ones?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Good man. They're like like yours. I'll do one more if you want. And yes um, and I'll play sad little man. And um and uh and I hope you enjoy it. I don't know. All right.
3: Sad little man sitting deep in a lie. He's dead in his soul, but he'll keep you alive. Do what he says, not what he do. Cause the truth is for him and the lie is for you. Sad little man, but he's treated like a God has the faithless prey who a fake and a fraud. Worship the man, pledge to his word. One shot, two shot, now you get a third. Sad little man, sad little man, you better run now while you know you can. Sad little man, sad little man, you don't fool me, you sad little man. Sad little man gonna trap you like a dog Put your head in a net while they eat you raw Don't ask why just comply, cause fear is the drug that the doc prescribed. Sad little man, you could watch him on the news preaching to his choir while they learn the rules. Some feel safe, some feel healed, but they'll all hold his hand as he makes the kill. Sad little man, sad little man, you better run now while you know you can. Sad little man, sad little man, you don't for me, you sad little man. Sad little man and he wants your kids Some might live while the rest get sick So put them to the test and listen for the yell When the truth comes out he's gonna burn in hell Sad little man, sad little man You better run now while you know you can Sad little man, sad little man You don't fool me, you sad little man you can't fool me you said, little
1: man that song i wonder if fauci has heard it
2: (laughs) i wonder that too i think that would be so great if somebody was like hey did you see this (laughs) he was like what and he looks down at the computer it's possible yeah you never know i really love it when um parents send me their kids singing this song because I wrote it the chorus in mind of like as the sort of little taunt that children would sing to a a bully or something like that sad little man sad little man and so it's really great to to see that but it's fun but
1: but that little hook that you do um, in the verse you know that that makes it
2: hmm yeah you know, I didn't expect this one to actually even take off like it did. I I don't know why. I mean, looking back, it's pretty clear that people would gravitate towards something calling out Fauci. But th- that was that was a a thing for me. Was like, oh boy, I haven't directly called out anybody in this way before. I had written a song called Joe prior to this, calling out I love Joe. That. But thanks, and and you know that w- that was one thing but uh Fauci seemed like even a bigger character than than Biden at the time because he's just Mm -hmm. been so at the forefront of all this but um I thought like oh I'll post this and it'll get taken down and nobody will ever hear it and it did uh get a lot of suppression I'm surprised it's still up on YouTube uh amazingly but um you know I think that that maybe that has a lot to do with um you know, like we were talking about earlier, how I sort of word word it and mm. present it, but it has been demonetized. It has still been flagged as medical misinformation. They just haven't taken it down yet. So
1: the video. Mm-hmm. How did you go about doing it? It is so great. It's got the it's got that Monty Python feel to it. Hmm.
2: Yeah. So the funny thing is, uh, prior to all this, I was doing a project called the Juice Box Jukebox, which was a, a family kids music project that I was doing with my kids. And uh I had spent about two or three years prior to twenty twenty. That's what I was doing. Um I was just a dad thinking like this is this is where my head space is every day. I'll make some nice, you know, catchy little songs that parents and teachers can like. And um during that time I was making these little videos that were very crafty and cut and paste look and I taught myself how to sort of do that and had i not done all those nice little kids song videos i wouldn't really even know how to do what i'm doing now for these other videos but um i sort of created the adult version of what i was doing before which really does come across like that my monty python sort of thing but um i, I like doing that it's sort of it, it's just another way for to uh, say what i want to say they've been so important to to the message behind these songs have been important to the songs but um so i did sad little man that way it's just a sort of cut and paste i, I and um sort of look and feel to it and then i did another video called this justin calling out justin trudeau that has the same sort of style and right now i'm actually finishing up uh one for the second to last song in the album it's called gates behind the bars and that will also have that sort of style to it, which I think, you know, this one, I'm really I'm putting in so much detail and putting in so much work into it. I want people to watch it 15 times and see something new each time. But there's a lot of Easter eggs in it. And um, I think it'll be something hopefully we'll see I'm, I'm now now at this point, whereas before I was like, oh, this might get me in trouble. I'm like, this will get me in trouble. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, we'll see if how long it lasts this time on on YouTube.
1: Am I understanding you correctly? Are, are you saying that you make your own music videos?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do those videos.
1: That is next a,
2: level. <laughs> yeah, it's it's another extension of, of uh, just what I'm trying to say as an artist, I guess. But I don't think I could pay anybody to do these videos that way. There's a lot of because, timing. And,
1: and, and it's in your head.
2: Yeah, I, it, it's interesting when I make them because I don't sit down with like a plan of actions so much. I have like a loose idea and then build upon it, almost like a painting. You know, it's it's like I don't know where one scene's going to end up from the next, and and I, I like it that way because mm. um, it keeps things spontaneous. But there's there's a lot of timing and the editing that that goes into it and the details that I put into it. I don't I just don't think I could pay anybody to do it that way anyway. So.
1: Where do you see the music industry going with the advent of iTunes? I mean, I said to you earlier that I've got your album, but I don't actually mm-hmm. have your album, if that makes sense.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, I mean, I've been watching this sort of play out since the beginning of, of my career. I started five times August in 2001, and people were still buying CDs, you know, and I watched the arc go from physical world into mp3s and battling illegal downloads which parlayed into just s- streaming subscription services which is where we've been at the last several years um but also i think that uh, people are sort of falling back into a physical realm more so uh vinyl records are coming back into play um and i certainly made i made physical copies of the new album because i think it's a, you know it makes it more of a document i like to use uh, the streaming services as a way to discover music and then if i like it i usually buy it but um hopefully you know i think that you know kind of like earlier i was saying you're going to see one half of people go into the direction of whatever the latest technology is and keep following it and you're going to see another half of people sort of regress from technology and get back to holding things in, in a tangible world. And I think that, you know, mainstream music's going to keep forging ahead into digital and, and they'll be into these digital environments, Oculus concerts and stuff like that. Um, you'll see other people, indie artists. I think mainly it's going to be indie artists that are doing, that are keeping it real, you know. Indie artists are the ones that don't have, uh, you know, a, a lot of voices behind them telling them what to do and and, and what to say. And there's a way to create uh, a, a, uh, a career out of that now with all these tools that we have. So I look at the digital realm as a, as a tool to use to, you know, ultimately create tangible moments, right? Like everything I did online that wasn't necessarily a real thing that you could hold the videos I made the content that you're absorbing it led me to this actual moment on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial right and that was a real moment where I connected with everybody who was there for the defeat the mandates rally so that's sort of how I look at the internet is like you, you sort of use it as a tool so I don't know where the the music industry is going I honestly just stand on the outskirts watching everybody else go by I've sort of decided to embrace not caring what goes on over there and i just do my own thing at this point and um i think a lot of other indie artists are doing i think high res is you know he's he's another he's a great example he's just doing his own thing and, and he'll tom. do it the way and tom tom mcdonald's dominating right now as as that artist you know he's doing a lot of what i was doing back in 2006 and seven but he, he's mastered it you know back in the early days of YouTube um, I was doing I've been independent my whole career and I was touring the country I was mailing out my own CDs I still mail out my own CDs but um, but Tom has has mastered that to that no other artist has done and I, I think he's doing a great job and I think he's setting a good precedent for other artists uh, other indie artists to aspire for because um, you know you can really, you can really change the culture uh, in that way. You know, It's going to be the indie artists that I think change the culture. The mainstream artists are just going to keep doing what they're told, keep putting out formulaic music. And uh, that'll work for some people, but I think there's going to be other guys, uh, people are going to be searching for that stuff.
1: You're standing on the battleground of the information war, and you're looking out at the horizon. What is it that you see?
2: I see... I think of, uh, I think of a lot of Bob Moran illustrations. If you're following Bob Moran online, he has a optimistic outlook on the horizon, green fields and pastures. I think that on the other side of this, it's right underneath us. It's the best time to ever be alive. It's right underneath the froth that we're dealing with right now. You know, this is the most convenient, luxurious, cleanest, a time to ever exist in humanity. And we're gunking it up with all this crap where it's corrupted. We've got people in power that are trying to control us. If we can break through, um, it's the best time. And I, I really I, I stay optimistic about that, because if you're not optimistic about our future, then what are you fighting for anyway? But um, I've got kids to think about, and I want to leave behind a world that I think that they deserve you know, a better world that any of us ever thought existed. I think that the world that we grew up in is not what we thought it was. And and it won't ever will be that again. So we've got a clean slate to make the world that we want moving forward and not the world that they want moving forward.
1: Where can I follow you and get your music?
2: So you can check out 5timesaugust.com it's the official website. You can join the mailing list there. And then you can find me on all the social platforms at Five Times August. And the music is out there on uh, all the all the platforms. Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, Bandcamp, um, anywhere you like to. If you want the physical copy, you can get it from the website at uh, fivetimesaugust.com. Do you have vinyls? Yeah, so we did a limited run vinyl, and it's getting pressed this month. We started a campaign to crowdfund it in October, all the way back in October. It's taken this long. It's going into production this month. So limited run of about 300. And then after those get out and we've finished it, I'm going to do a repress, and we'll get that out to anybody who missed it. So, yeah, for sure. I
1: have have a vinyl player, so I'm going to chat you about buying one from you. Awesome.
2: Fantastic.
1: Brad from Five Times August, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Thanks
2: for having me. It's great.
1: My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.